You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek Podcast. It's the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, along with the Fleet Admiral, Ben Knight. Hello, Ben. How are you this week? But it's a mystery, and I don't like mysteries. <laughs> Give me a bellyache, and I got a beauty right now. No. Fascinating. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I don't know. Will you, will you both just, your, just get out? Go on. Off, off is this was your comm channel open? Right. Okay, good. Sorry, yeah. No, uh, oh, hello. Sorry. Um, I was uh, just listening to an argument between um, those yeah. two. And it's weird. Someone's replaced my door as well. It's, it doesn't go anymore. It just does a door <laughs> slide because it's the sound effect I had. Um, <laughs> Sorry, because that's what happened. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm well, thank you. Uh, just Good. you know, just just mediating between prima donnas uh, <laughs> in, in in the world of Trek. Uh, well, but I'm glad you're but, feeling well. I do, I just don't know, you know, how this will ever resolve. And frankly, suspense is killing me. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, Ben. Yes, uh, I am. I'm glad you're happy down in your air-conditioned uh, Fleet Admiral's quarters. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let me tell you something. Up here in, in the warp nacelles, no, it is... No, he's going to whinge again. It is Go on. hot as balls up here. Uh, yeah. my, my cot is right next to the Bassard Ram Scoop. And oh. I, I mean, that's where a lot of the... That's where a lot of the... Okay, that is where the warp coils are fed by the plasma conduits. And it gets yeah, yeah, really yeah. hot there, okay? Uh, and there's no AC up here, nothing. Mm-hmm. All right, it's just really fucking hot. And uh, look, I know that you're dealing with some mm-hmm. yeah. some prima donna ass captains and yeah, first very officers. important fleet admiral stuff. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. With. <laughs> just, Sorry, carry on talking. Yeah, I'm just in the middle. I'm just saying it's something. really. Hot. Could you splash some of that toilet water on me? Because I could use. Something to cool me off. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I thought I was done. I wasn't entirely. Um, well, look, it sounds it sounds awful. It really does. It does. Um, it's it's horrible. I'm wildly sympathetic. Workers' uh, rights. Petty chief on, petty officers' engin- rights. Engineering. Engineering. Oh. Uh, oh. There's no one there. Do you know, for another week, I fear that you may just have to live with it. Okay. So tough all right all right all right fine fine um maybe mm-hmm. maybe something will happen to me similar to what happened to our intrepid crew of the uss enterprise this week uh, <laughs> uh in our episode of star trek strange new worlds that will whisk whisk me away from this hellish landscape uh that i call home uh, as we talk about season one episode eight of strange new worlds called the elysian kingdom and i'll tell you what they don't. They haven't made a bad episode of this show yet, uh, mm. like in a way where I consider it to be like bad, bad. But the last two episodes have kind of been big nothing burgers. Uh, I mean, this is like where's the beef? 
<laughs> Wait, was that something on your soundboard, or was that you? No, that was that was me. That was me. It's very good. Um, I was confused for a second. Uh, the uh, this feels like an absolute complete throwback to like yeah. that that weird adjoining uh, moment in time between TOS and next gen. Cause this feels like it sort of bridges between like early next gen and also TOS. Like this feels like an episode, either one of them could have done uh, and have done to some extent uh, in the past. So mm-hmm. let's talk about what happens. The enterprise is surveying a nebula when it's warp drive suddenly fails, causing the crew to black out. Dr. Umbenga awakens early, but the nebula has reshaped the enterprise's interior into the high fantasy setting of his daughter's favorite fairy tale about the Elysian kingdom with the crew unwilling, uh, unwillingly role-playing its characters. He discusses the situation with Hemmer, the only other crew member aware of the situation that they're in. And they discover that the nebula has its own consciousness comparable to a Boltzmann brain surmising mm-hmm. that it is behind the role play. Umbanga materializes his daughter and asks for her help. She confirms the nebula has detected her energy pattern. Hammer becomes the nebula's telepathic spokesperson. He says the nebula offered to cure her diseased by converting her into an energy being like itself and constructed the fantasy to entertain her and to help Umbanga realize through the tale's moral that he should just let go of his daughter instead of trying to uh, cure her. Uh, incurable disease. Umbanga decides to do so after saying his farewells and the nebula releases the enterprise and restores its warp drive and normal interior with no one from the crew able to remember the missing five hours except for Umbanga and probably Hammer too. Uh, mm. What did you think of episode eight? Actually, you know, he doesn't remember. It. I think he, oh. he must be very confused. He comes around lying on the bed in Umbanga's court. Oh, that's going, right. Oh, that's right. Friend. He doesn't know Which where he is. Like, yeah, I mean, he takes that quite well, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, he's like, oh, moment. yeah, just a sleepover. We're cool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's blind. Um, it happens sometimes, I guess. Uh, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was initially it was a sort of um, a sort of groan moment when mm-hmm. you know the the, the turbo lift doors open on the bridge, yeah, and you see that this is what they're going to do. <laughs> yes, um, but then. Oh, you know, despite myself, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, um, they had a lot of fun with, with it, clearly. Yeah, and you know, like it's obvious to say, well, this is Trek sort of playing on the the original series stuff. But mm-hmm. as you say, it was done in Next Gen. Uh, it was done oh, yeah. in Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, in Voyager, of course, it was the, the um, Captain Proton sort of... Right, universe. yes. Um, and, you know, all of these episodes are heavy on the silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't often make a great deal of sense because it's you yeah. know, kind of contrived to to put the sort of scenario in. But then they often yield some pretty classic track moments. Will this sure. age well? Probably not. Mm. Um, no. I can see, you know, people talking about this in 30 years' time on some sort of retrospective and laughing about that episode of Strange New Worlds. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it, it, like what they do, what they do is provide uh, just a bit of I don't know, just a bit of something different in terms of the actors. So um, all of the the cast that we've met um, in the show had some 
you know, other role in the fairy tale scenario. And we got to see very different behaviours from them as actors. I mean, the obvious one that stands out a mile is Anson Mount, um, who plays... <laughs> kind the, of a coward. The, yeah, the cowardly Chamberlain. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it was camp and ridiculous and whatever. Mm. And it was... And it was brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean, you got La'an uh, La'an Singh, who's sort of the yes. very straight laced, and in here she's like the very dramatic kind of princessy character. With it's her like half dog. princess, half valley girl. It was really quite hot. <laughs> yes, um, very over yeah, the top. We, yeah, absolutely. And was this a satisfying um, conclusion for uh, Rukia? No. I didn't think no, so. No, it really wasn't. It didn't really make sense in the sense that, well, obviously it doesn't make sense. But also, like, I didn't buy that that would have been the decision that they took. Um, right, and it felt like, very emotional. Take your daughter away. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It you felt know? very. Let's say our goodbyes. Okay, I, I love you. I'm going to love you forever. Okay, and then whoosh. Like it felt oh, very oh, emotionally yeah. detached. And I mean, maybe, maybe Mbenga has been preparing to say goodbye to his daughter for a very, very long time. Well, now that's that's what sort of occurred to me about yeah. it. Although then I thought, well, actually, his daughter hasn't. Mm-hmm. In, you know, from her perspective. Yeah, she uh, seemed very eager to go. Yeah, and it was a little bit just you know. It seemed a little. A yeah, it seemed a. It seemed to not quite fit in. Yeah. Mm. Um, I did like the the bit where she returns as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that as well. And yeah, I thought that was nicely done. I thought that was actually a more emotional scene than mm-hmm. anything else in it. Agreed. Um, but then, I, I think it just provided a sort of jump off point to to just look at the rest of the, the the cast in a slightly different way and and so on. And I, I, the only tragedy of it is that they don't remember it because I think it would mm-hmm. be more funny. Um, and potentially there may be future, future reference to, you know, things that happened during that incident and things, which I thought would have been nice. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it was very silly. It, it, I didn't think it had quite the same level of production of some of the other episodes. Uh, the production felt actually very original series, which I'm sure is intentional. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was quite a lot going on and simultaneously absolutely nothing going on. <laughs> um, what we do get from this that's sort of I guess adjacent to it is that this um, the show obviously like all of the episodes of this are discussed on uh, the ready room the the, the the after show thing with Will Wheaton mm-hmm. um, and uh, Babs Olison um, I think I think so um, yeah. yeah I can never quite remember uh, was discussing uh, what sort of might come next seeing as we started on a this episode has given us a sort of bit of sort of levity and so on yeah. and the usual pattern in Trek if you go back and look is when you've had one of these episodes it's usually followed by something sort horrible, of quite intense and dark yeah, yeah. Um, and so that, that was being sort of broadly discussed and sort of out of nowhere um, Bab suddenly comes out with the fact that we're going to uh, see an exploration now of Mbanga's relationship with the Klingons oh um, in season two of this show, so hmm. we now um, have been given a pretty heavy hint that because in the original series, for those who um, either don't remember or never really got into it, um, so Booker Bradshaw's version of Doctor Mbanga, yeah, um, was like had he he had issues with the Klingons. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. He was a big old Klingon racist, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and uh, with good reason. It was the end of the war, and it was all very complicated, and there were reasons. Um, 
but yeah so the fact that just out of nowhere we just had this dropped on us from one of the showrunner team that um discovery uh, sorry uh, not discovery season two uh season two is going to have yet another (laughs) redesign in terms of uh the the klingons um hopefully by redesign you mean uh well redesign this comes yeah so this comes from when bernadette croft was talking um i think on the same show actually from recollection yeah uh, about exactly you know this issue about well we've now got well three very distinct um, aesthetics of Klingon. Yeah, uh, we've got the original series, we've got Next Gen, and we've got um, Discovery. Yeah, I would we wager know, with Michael Dorn returning for season three of Picard, like he's going to look mm-hmm. like Worf. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and we know that there is, well, <laughs> there are reasons for the uh, the sort of difference in aesthetic over the course of the life of the Klingons. Yeah, the augment uh, Klingons. Yes. Yeah, you know they don't like to talk about it. <laughs> they don't. Worth. Um, so I, I think we're probably now going to see um, something fairly soon about you know just sort of s- sort of seeding that a little bit. For Interesting. Klingons. Yeah, um, w- which I, I suppose presents a possibility for Ash Tyler appearing at some point. Hey, Klingon um, Fandango. Klingon Fandango. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the episode itself, like I say, I. I must admit it was an episode where I did find myself looking at my phone a couple of times mm-hmm. um, yep. because the pacing was a little bit weird in places, but eh, it is what it is. Mm. Um, I, I, I suppose I'm pleased that um, it did finish the uh, Rakia story um, because it, that kind of felt like it was going nowhere and yeah. the only other place it could have gone, I suppose, would have been you know Starfleet Medical doing what Starfleet Medical do, which is curing everything. Yes. Um, <laughs> So you know, at least mm-hmm. at least they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did wonder whether he was going to have a you know medical consult with um, with McCoy at some point. I thought that could have mm. been fun, but um, no such thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it was it was a big pile of silly, and there, there were a few little Easter eggs in there, none that were desperately worthy of any comment. Um, I, I do think it's weird that the the nostalgia brigade. Um, in their reviews of this show, uh, have all gone immensely over the top, in my view. Um, like, there's people having serious overexcitement about the mm-hmm. fact that they did this type of episode. Yeah. But, I mean, but at the it. same time, yeah, I do. And, you know, it like, it had a charm to it. Uh, it yeah, there, there was a lot to, to be affectionate about with this. And you've got to remember that this kind of the sort of silliness in in Trek is born of um, the sort of playfulness of of Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, um, it was you know it was always part of his sort of view of this um, this universe he'd created that it would contain you know quite a bit of silly. Um, and you know we've seen as I say iterations in in every era of Trek. Um, the big revelation of this episode, I should say, is. Um, how much of a fitty Spock is when he's playing um, what is basically some sort of character from <laughs> Lord of the Rings? Um, I was that was going to be one of the first points I raised. Ben is I mean, how well does Ethan Peck pull off that long hair look? Right. I mean, Alex was saying to me that he he thought they should have cast um, cast him in that sort of look mm-hmm. in uh, the reboot of. Uh, what was it now? It was it was to play Tom Cruise in something. I forget what. Oh, um, yeah. 
Because there is a touch of that about him in, in mm-hmm. the book. Oh, no, no, I'll tell you what it was. It was um, Keanu Reeves, and it was for the Matrix. Oh, was yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which, yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could go through the characters in there and their kind of different personas in this. I, I enjoyed our, our wizard engineer. I think that was probably my uh, my favourite little twist. Because yes. grumpy engineers are a Starfleet staple, but of course. a grumpy engineer who has the dry sense of humour that he does um, yeah, you know that that got a chance to shine this week and mm-hmm. absolutely lived for it. Yep, I'm curious which way you've gone with this. Um, I am firmly in the middle on this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was sort of like you, but the mirror universe where as it was going, it sort of you know you sort of warmed up to it, and for me at the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is really charming, and then by the end, I'm like, oh. The credits. Hooray. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but things that uh, we agree on uh, immediately. Uh, well, I mean, we already mentioned Ethan Peck with long hair. Totally pulls that look off. And he somehow was able to do not Spock, but also Spock. Like he managed to, like he wasn't completely not himself. Like a little bit. Some of his human side was showing through a little bit more. But he was still somehow Spock. Like, that was a really great play that he did. Uh, For me, the highlight of this episode was Hemmer. I was... uh, He's one of the characters that we have not seen a lot of thus far. Mm. Is one of the characters that hasn't gotten a lot of shine. And I'm so happy he did here. Because his stock raised quite a bit with me. Uh, Him sort of just leaning into the the being a wizard thing, but doing it kind of sarcastically. Uh, I absolutely adored it. He's like, you know, what's something a wizard would say? Ah, abracadabra. He's like, I like it. And then said abracadabra like a bunch of times, uh, but then just did science stuff instead. <laughs> he, was, he was one half step away from going, ooh, whenever he did something, um, you know, when he's threatening uh, Uhura at the end, who's sort of like the evil queen or whatever, he's trying to like make up some wizardy sounding stuff and he's doing a terrible job. I will use my powers of magic to, to demonstrate my full mm, powers. powers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, there's a moment in the ready room with like Pike's cowardly character or whatever, like kind of doing like the thumbs up, like you did good. Uh, <laughs> like just little tiny moments in there that I'm like, this is very charming and fun and I'm here for it. And I actually, I loved the aesthetic touch, which did feel very TOS, right? Like, yeah, we yeah. can we can dress up the set, but we're not going to fully dress up the set. It's still going to be the bridge. We're just going to like put some blankets over some of the consoles, and the computer becomes the oracle. And yes, yes, um, I loved those little bits. Like that felt like a very good nod, and it was you know it reminded me of that TNG episode where uh, Data has like a million identities inside of him. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. The ship sort of gets transformed a little bit. It sort of reminded me of that episode a little. Uh, So there are definitely elements of various eras of Trek in here. So I I get it. Like, that's why when I watch this, I'm like, this is not a bad episode. It just wasn't like, it wasn't like the first couple of episodes of the show, which I thought were outstanding. Like so far, this is still easily, I think, 
top to bottom, like through eight episodes, the best new Trek that we've gotten. Cause it's still very consistent. Like there aren't episodes where I'm just like, uh, you know, two geeky glasses or whatever. Like there aren't any episodes like this. This is, this is, you know, on the lower end of what I've given episodes, but you know, I, I don't think, I don't think I've gone below a three or whatever mm-hmm. for the show yet. And that's a good sign. That just means like these episodes are good ish, fun ish, but you know, not like they're ones that I will watch on a, re- on a rewatch of Trek, but they're not ones where I'm like, this is a classic. Like, uh, you know, like I don't get, yeah. I don't, I'm not going to get, uh, I, I'm not going to get like goosebumps on my arm. Like I do when I start watching like, uh, best of both worlds or yesterday's enterprise or like, you know, the whole bevy of, uh, deep space nine episodes that I love, but, uh, like in anticipation of watching it, but like this will, th- but this won't be, you know, like specter of the gun or like space hippies or like, it won't be Spock's brain. Uh, like it's not that level. Um, you know, it won't be like that weird kind of racist episode of next gen in the first season. Uh, Uh, (laughs) it's not like any of those. Um, it just, you know, it's just not mind blowing. Like this is a good nostalgic callback episode that is going to go in one ear and out the other. Um, but you know, uh, you know, for like an hour of entertainment, like it was fine. I, I was I was fine with this, but I am hoping they go back to uh, more uh, something with a little substance. more depth. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so any final thoughts on episode eight, Ben? And what would you give no, it? Not really. Um, I've been sort of circling around a little bit either way of the three mark, but I think I've settled because of that on a three. Yeah. This is what I gave the episode as well. Um Essentially, I, feel, I think we feel the same about the episode. We just sort of approached it from different perspectives. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Spock, get out of here. What did we tell you about getting in on this podcast? Um, <laughs> man, it's like the queen trying to butt in on pod jockeys, Ben. Uh, he's just, there you guys come. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, computer, lock the door. Um, I don't think we have a locked door sound, but uh, mm-hmm. you heard, I'm sure it's in your mind's eye you heard it um okay so that is the podcast for this week everybody head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show of course this is a listener supported podcast there are a couple of different ways that you can support us if you'd so choose we have our merch store um i went to that first ben so you're unprepared uh yes uh, we have our Patreon. God damn it. Uh, Patreon.com slash Cinema Geekly. Links for both of those are in the show notes for this episode. My apologies. That one's totally on me. Uh, and of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Audible. Just search for I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast. Hit subscribe. And that way you can join us next time to talk about the penultimate episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Season 1, Episode 9, called All Those Who Wander. Who Wander?